Second and victory. to another episode of the Second in Victory podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. I hope you are doing well wherever you are listening to the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in once again. It's been a few weeks since we spoke. The last time we talked was after the Titans lost against the Bengals, and we were all heartbroken and really didn't know what to say. But it's been a few weeks now. Uh, The conference championships happened. The Super Bowl has happened. and We are here to talk about – that game um, and kind of everything else that's been going on around the league and, and kind of what's next for the Titans offseason. As always, I am here with my two co-hosts, my guys, Brett Bachelor, Chris Carter. What's up, dudes? How's what's it going? going on? Are we are we uh, are we still sad? Definitely sad. Uh, <laughs> still haven't really gotten over it because I just I, I keep thinking about the last drive. Like if 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 Ryan who just completes a pass here or there, Rainy Boy gets in field goal range, he makes that kick. You win, you beat the Bengals. Uh, you beat the Chiefs once that year in the same stadium. You could probably do it again. And then we're talking about Sunday, you know, a Titans Super Bowl win or loss. I just I, – it, it's still crazy to me that the Titans lost that game. I still won't be over it. The path, the path was there. The path was so there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you beat the Rams during the season too, so. To be honest with you, man, I kind of I kind of think the Rams got outplayed for – at least half the game. 100%, man. Just think about it. At least. If Stafford, I mean, he threw two picks. Just imagine if he throws one more. Like, I mean, it it was definitely possible. It's not un-Stafford-like. He throws one more pick. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about the Bengals as Super Bowl champions. It was so possible. Uh, For for a while, bro, I texted you. I said, are they really going to do this? Because I thought they were. Yeah. Especially at second half, you know, first play of the game, first play of the second half, T. Higgins touchdown, the very next Rams play, a pick. I mean, yeah, man, it was starting to turn that way. It was a very anticlimactic ending. Definitely. Just imagine if Burrow completes that pass. Well, why does Tamar yeah. J.P. Run not die for the ball? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, go after the football, dude. No, I think a lot of people. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm much rather want to have Joe Mixon and they're not Samaj P. Run. That's what I'm saying. I've been a lot of Bengals fans on Twitter, on local radio this week, are talking about maybe forever talking about why was Joe Mixon not in the game? Why Samaj P. Run in the game? Yeah, that's going to be a talk for for a long time. Um, All in all, though, I thought it was a pretty cool Super Bowl. You know, two teams that haven't been in in a long time. Um, In LA, all the stars were out. I thought it was a a solid, solid game. Top five, top five halftime show ever. Yeah. That's what I really want to talk about. Like, how yeah. dope was that, Chris? I know you. Bro. I know you enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. Uh, that was extremely awesome. Um, probably my personal favorite halftime show ever. Um, but that was just—I mean, every every element of it I thought was so cool. That was kind of your I, era too, Chris. Well, wow, I feel. Like <laughs> I don't I, mean it like that. I don't mean it like that. Oh, <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I've only got like four years on Austin. So. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, that no, came I mean, out the I, wrong way. I love, uh, <laughs> I love, I love '90s hip hop. I love yeah. '2000s hip hop. I mean, we got, you know, we got kind of got the best of both worlds there. Um, I, I personally, uh, I wish Kendrick had a little bit longer set. 
Yeah. And I wish um, Kendrick would have played a different song. Oh man, I would. I, I even told my wife I was like, I hope that Kendrick starts with with Mad City. Mm-hmm. And right. Uh, and I thought that was so dope. Um, oh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. A, a longer set would have been so much better um, for him. But I, I kind of feel like all of them should have had like a little bit longer set. I, I thought the same thing. I told I told my girlfriend once it was over, like I that could have gone for at least probably another five minutes. Yeah. When you talk about like I could have gone for another hour of it, but like halftime show minutes wise, I feel like it could have gone another five, six minutes for sure. Right. And, and I was kind of disappointed. I, I was never a big 50 cent fan. I was kind of di- disappointed that he pretty much got a full song and all the rest of them kind of had just like snippets I wish Kendrick, of songs. I wish Kendrick would have played humble. That's I was, I was going to interrupt Chris and say that too. Yeah. I think yeah. if you would have played that, that'd have been yeah. great. You know, I think I get why you have to have Mary, Mary J Blige out there, but she kind of just brought the whole vibe down in my opinion. Yeah, it was. I'm just being honest, man. I was watching. I, I was like, "Well, this this is bummer well, now." I don't think she brought the vibe down, but I think the the second song choice definitely did. Yes, because like, the first song yeah. was good. Every, the the rest of the show was so hype, you know, mm-hmm. like it was just like a very hype presentation, and then we get a a Mary J. Blige ballad uh, kind yeah. of in the middle of it. If, I don't know, it just felt weird and and kind of misplaced. I agree. Yeah, I also kind of, you know, 50 is not from L.A., so I, I kind of didn't understand that one bit either, why he's out and there. Neither is Eminem. True, and I thought about that too, yeah. Also, and neither I, is Mary J. Blige. I was like, maybe, uh, yeah, so. maybe they're just they're just rap legends, and that's why they did it, now that you think about it. I, I, I do think – I think Eminem was involved just because of, like, the Dr. Dre connection. That's right, obviously. of course. Yeah, and 50 um, was cool, though. I mean, 50, 50 was I mean, really you, cool. You think about the rap, rap legacy, like, you can't write rap without 50 Cent as yeah. – as, True. You know, he doesn't, he's probably not your favorite rapper of all time, but you know, when you listen to 50 Cent song, you, you've heard it before, you sing the lyrics. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was, cool, he was cool super fan. important to that like early 2000s era of hip hop. No doubt. His, uh, his wife beater was a little bit too tight. <laughs> <laughs> he's still trying to make those G unit wife beaters. Yeah, no, hey, no doubt. Did y'all see how easily though he pulled himself up? Did y'all see the behind yeah. the scenes video? Yep. He pulled himself up like it was nothing. I mean, that dude is still swole. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I think uh, yeah. All in all, it was a good game. And uh, Cooper Cup was that the greatest receiving season of all time? Oh, dog! I don't see how you. I mean, he had the most yards in a season of all time. Yeah, yeah. You had the triple crown for the yeah. season, right? Well, just like playoff and regular season. Like I know, yeah. um, I saw a tweet and it said that there's been two wide receivers in the history of the NFL to win the triple crown, Super Bowl MVP, and a Super Bowl. And Jerry Rice was one. He did that in his career. Cooper Cup did that in one year. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I mean, it, so, it's hard to say it's not the best receiving season, I think, of all time. Um, and it, I think some people may may mess around and like draft him first overall in fantasy like next year, which would be a massive oh, mistake. you can't but, do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Some, some people will. will people man. will, yes, for sure. No doubt. He'll be in a PPR top five. leagues, 100%. Yeah, He'll be top five in uh in, he's around in, in the three. rankings. He's around three at best in fantasy. Cooper Cup? You think he's two? Are you are you taking him round one? I mean, depends where I'm drafted, but possibly. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he'll be top of the receivers. I'll go second round then. I don't know if I me personally, what, I don't know if I'll take him first. What receiver no, are you taking uh, over him? 
I mean, I mean yeah, that's one, a good point. Only one that I would argue is, is Devontae, but it depends who's yeah. to him next year. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, just you from don't like even know what Devontae's offense, offensive system is going to be next year, you know? From fantasy yeah. standards, I've always just gone running backs first. But, I mean, now that you said – now that I think – 100%. It makes sense, but – Yeah, I think it's cut. I would think so too. I think yeah. I I think it's kind of the changing of the guard. They're definitely. I mean, you could argue one A one B. I think those two have taken over the like the Andre Hopkins, Julio Jones discussion. Yeah, I agree. So, no, I mean the NFL's in good hands. A lot of young players. I think we've been saying that for a long time now. It's just they're getting. I don't know what it is, man. The league is. You're getting the older mm-hmm. quarterbacks out of here, and then the new wave quarterbacks coming in. Like you the new arrows here. They're they're better when. They're better now than like when Peyton and Tom and all those guys started coming in the league. Like they were not as good. These kids coming in now are Bro, elite already. To, it's kind of weird. We're starting to get to the era to where like here in like three years, we're gonna have guys in the league saying, "Yeah, I when I was in high school, I, I idolized like Derrick Henry," and that's weird to say. Right. That's weird to say. Well, here's the weird thing to me that when you start looking at like guys drafted. And their birthdays, and you start seeing like 2000, 2001, <laughs> 2002. That shit's scary. Yeah. Oh, I had I had college teammates that were born in 2002, and I thought it was weird as crap. That's nuts to me, man. Yeah. It's nuts. Like, growing up watching sports my entire life, all these guys that I've, I've watched have been older than me. Like, and, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be older than them. It's it's wild. All do right, you, so do you think ahead, real quick? Do you think this is the best group of wide receivers the NFL has ever had? Ooh. Bro, it's fire. Ooh. I mean, just just like thinking all the way, like obviously at the top, Cooper and and Devonte and those guys. But I mean, still have guys like Julio in the league. But and even Luke. the younger guys like Debo and AJ and and Metcalf Jamar. and all those guys, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, like. The, the wide receivers in this league right now are absolutely insane. That's a good, that's a good discussion, man. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see be prisoner of the moment here, but, I mean. Since, since like, we've grown up and followed the league, yes. Absolutely, I think. I'd have to go back and look for all-time standards, but within the past 15 years, yeah, I'd probably, I'd yeah, probably say so. I would, I would think so, too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Oh, I would think so too. Um, all right, so we got some moving on to you know just catching up on, on, on things that, that have happened here recently. Um, you know, I, I know as the Titans fans think we have a quarterback problem right now, but the Indianapolis Colts really have a quarterback problem. And we knew that, you know, when they when they when they got Carson Wentz, but and now it's actually becoming a thing where they might trade off of Carson Wentz. Uh try to find a way to get rid of Carson Wentz. Um Mary, uh, Ari Miroff, uh, from at my sports update. If you guys don't follow him, you definitely should. Um, a great follow. Uh, he tweeted this two days ago. So there's a belief that Colts quarterback Carson Wentz will probably be traded or released before March 19th per, per Mort report. Um, that's when $50 million in base salary becomes guaranteed. His first, his future in Indianapolis looks bleak. Insane, man. How crazy would that be? I mean, who trades for him? I think it has to be cut, right? Like, Absolutely. Cash. And here's the thing, man. Carson had a 62% completion percentage. He had 27 touchdowns and seven picks. That's a that's a damn good year. Completion percentage could, could be higher. 
But not yeah, but when you look at when the picks came, yes, and the games that they lost. Yes. I mean, just think about the Titans game, the the one to Molden. Yeah. Yep. Passer rating was right under 95. Um let's also remember how much he got away with because of uh defensive pass interference calls all season, too. <laughs> Still angry about that. But yeah, Jeff Saturday said on Get Up that uh, he thinks he's done in Indy. I mean, this is Jeff Saturday who's, who played in Indy for, you know, majority of his career. He probably knows a little of something that's going on in there. Um, hey, he thinks he's done yeah. in Indy. I get this, too. So, you look at the, the Colts starting quarterbacks since uh, 2016. So, in 2016, Andrew Luck started 15 games. Scott Tolzien started one. 2017, Jacoby Brissett started 15 games. Scott Tolzien started one. 2018, Andrew Luck came back, played all 16, then retired. 2019, Jacoby Brissett and Brian Hoare. 2020, Philip Rivers. 2021, Carson Wentz. So since 2016, two, three, four, five, they've had seven different quarterbacks under center in five years. Yeah. I mean, you know, people – People can look at, you know, the draft picks and, and stuff that that team has had under Chris Ballard, but that, the quarterback situation has been a nightmare for the most part. Yeah. Um, the one-year productivity from from Phillip Rivers was was nice, obviously, but it didn't take them anywhere, really. Um, I guarantee you they probably would have rather have had Phillip Rivers this year than Carson Wentz, which is crazy oh, yeah, to think, sure but he got them – Phillip got them to the playoffs. Yeah. Carson couldn't even beat the Jags in a primetime moment. It'll be interesting even, to see what they do. I'm even curious, like, where would they have been if they hung on to Brissett and kept developing him? Oh, he wasn't uh, that bad for him. He I didn't really think. wasn't. And, and I, I feel like he could have gotten better, and they just kind of gave up on him, you know, moved it's, on. It, he's still not bad in Miami when he has to go in for Tua, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think, but I think if you if you just say, all right, we're going to use Jacoby Brissett this season, you, you're automatically you're punting on the season. Jacoby Brissett, no, Jacoby Brissett's not going to even. I don't think he can even make the playoffs as your quarterback. That's just me. He could probably win you seven, eight games, he, maybe. I, I I think he wins as many as as Wentz did this year. They won. I mean, did, not Wentz, to, they, they, did Wentz really single handedly win them many games? Jonathan Taylor did. I'd have, I'd, yeah, and I had yeah. to go back and watch some. Cold, so, do you uh, think? Do you think that it's more of like Jacoby Brissett wise, or are, honestly, you can come, you can maybe compare them? But is it kind of like a Taylor Heineke type quarterback that can win you enough to get um, you there, but it's not going to win you all, or what? That's probably a good comparison. I mean, I think we're at a point yeah. with the league, no matter what, where young decent quarterbacks are probably going to get moved on from quicker just because yep. everybody's trying to play keep up with the the Mahomes, the the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows now. Shoot, like, look at Kyler Murray in Arizona. So, so that's going to make the leash even shorter for for guys like a Brissett or a uh I mean Carson Wentz is still not he's not old by any means. No. no. Um but his his leash is going to be shorter because he's shown that he's not Joe Burrow and he's not you know Pat Mahomes. And, uh, and it's going to hurt. I think him. that's going to be a massive trend across the NFL for the next few years. Based off the rules, too, it truly is going to come at a disadvantage for him that he is unvaccinated and is pretty much said he's not going to get vaccinated, which in free agency can hurt you. 
Yeah, and we saw with Tannehill, you know, it, it, it's almost like a step of and a sign of leadership to just do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you kind of have to question Wentz's leadership in that regard too. Somebody mentioned today that if – most likely the Colts are going to move on, but they mentioned that if he does go, they mentioned Washington and Pittsburgh as two places that he could possibly go. And I could see him possibly going to New Orleans as well. But I had a friend call him Baby Ben the other day uh, just because of his <laughs> playing style. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it could be a nice fit in Pittsburgh if they can get something out of him. Uh, right. I mean, that comes, that comes down to Tomlin, obviously. But um, I could see Pittsburgh being, being a destination for sure. I'm very interested to see what they do at quarterback this year, the direction yeah. they go. Um, because they have options. I they seem to agency. like Dwayne Haskins a little bit. Yeah, which would be nuts to me. He'd be an okay guess, backup. Yeah, but I, yeah, exactly. I think you're punting on the season as well if you if you let Dwayne Haskins be your starter for the entire year. Are you gonna? I mean, are you gonna start Mason Rudolph though? No, I think both those guys on the roster don't need to be your starting quarterback next year. Like Josh I think Dobbs, be, not your but, starter. No, but if you draft a guy, I don't think either one of those guys can be your backup. Like you need a vet in that situation. Sure. Yeah. And that's why you go get Marcus Mariota. Jameis? Jameis, <laughs> Marcus, Carson Wentz. Jameis would be interesting in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah I think Jameis has a backup to Tannehill. I would too. I definitely would. Yeah. I think he's goofy. I think he's one of the biggest goofballs <laughs> in the league. But it's I, funny to him. me, honestly. Yeah. I'd take him as a backup in a heartbeat. I agree. Seeing him run through those pads in training camp in New Orleans and falling over. Uh, I want to back up real quick, and I hate that I'm 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 putting this podcast in reverse real quick. But I want to get your thoughts on this because it's been a it's been a hot topic, and, and I've been talking to friends about it. But I want to get y'all's thoughts. Um, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Yes, I think so. I mean, listen, if Matt Stafford was on any other team in the NFL for his career other than the Detroit Lions. Uh, the conversation around him would be one of the top probably five in the league. Um, I think he'd be up there in the conversation with like Russell Wilson and those kind of guys. Um, Matthew, yeah, he is. The fact that he was with the Lions, that hurts him um, because they were there. Who knows if the Lions will ever be a good team? You know, they've they've been bad for so long that it's, you you know, you you put Pat Mahomes on that team and he's not going to do much more than Stafford did. Um, one one player is not going to revolutionize that organization. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Stafford's a, a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but sure. Stafford, real quick, he's twentieth all time in pass attempts, completions, yards, and touchdowns. He's third in all time yards per game. Is the fastest player to reach forty thousand yards. And now so, has the Super Bowl. So I. I... I agree as well. I think he is a Hall of Famer, and I also agree with you what you're saying, Chris. I don't think he's first ballot. I think he gets in at some point. But here's why: it's a good topic. Um, he's never been on an all-decade team. No All-Pro. Never won an MVP. He's got one Pro Bowl. I mean, have we ever even considered Matt Stafford as one of the top three, top five of his era? Ever? I think. I think the I think well the answer to that is no, but it's no because everybody always like his entire career, 
It was, well, what if he wasn't in Detroit? What if he wasn't Correct. in Detroit? He would be top five if he wasn't in Detroit. So the narrative of, of him not getting some of that stuff goes back to the question of his entire career for Los Angeles was, well, what if he wasn't there? Well, we saw what happened when he wasn't in Detroit. He took him to a Super Bowl. So I think, I think that's your answer. And, and that's, a, that's a tough argument to make against him, too, because we got to remember that the top three of his era is – you know, Tom Brady and Peyton. And, Peyton Manning. And Drew Brees. Eli. And Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys uh, that have been really freaking amazing quarterbacks during Stafford's career. So that's a hard argument to hold against him. Um, I think I think he's a Hall of Famer at some point. It's just – it's going to be – it's going to be a It's going to be a, a difficult discussion for the Hall of Fame committee when they when they try to put Stafford in. I mean, he's eleven and seventy one against teams with a winning record. And again, yes, we we got to we got to put Detroit in, into effectiveness. I did, they gave him no help uh, throughout his career, but I mean, at at some point, I just see both sides of this argument. It's understandable, but he's one. I mean, he's got over fifty thousand yards, three hundred passing touchdowns, like you said, Brett. So I just want to give y'all y'all thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm a yes. All right, I think so too. Um, all right, let's talk about the home team. Let's talk about the boys in blue, two tone blue. Um, I want to get y'all's opinion on some, some of the guys. You know, we're now looking turn the page the off season, and you know, free agency starts next month. You got to get you know up and ready for draft prep and all that kind of stuff. Um, start with this: Who were some of the players the Titans? Have to resign on the current roster. First one's Harold Landry. I think it's a no brainer. Mind. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think Landry's the closest thing to a have to. Um, I I don't know if like, I mean, obviously he's a need to, but I don't know like that he ha- like if if he if somebody offers him a buku amount of money, you let him walk. You know what I mean? Sure. Um. I don't. I don't. I think the the rest of the defensive pieces up front are so so strong that if you could find a replacement, he if it's possible to replace a, a stud, then that's probably the one position you can try to replace right now. Um, especially because you already invested in in Bud Dupree, uh, you're going to have to invest in Jeffrey Simmons at some point soon. AJ um, Brown. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's, if it comes down to it, I think you can you can let Landry walk. Um, the one I think you really need to try to hang on to is Ben Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, only concern with him is his age. I think at this point, I mean, I think he's going to be thirty four when the season starts. Um, that's getting pretty old, but he's obviously. I mean, he's an offensive lineman, and we. I mean, we just saw Andrew Whitworth play till he's forty. I think right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, forty, forty one, something like that. So. <sighs> Um, I think you. I think Ben Jones is one you got to hang on to. And I think Ben, at this point in his career, I don't think he he plans on leaving. You know, he wants to leave Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he settled his family here too. I think if you can give Ben a a if he can give the Titans, I guess a hometown discount for two years. Um, you know, I, I agree, Chris. Bring him back. Um, yeah. We're playing on, on a on a year to year basis. Depending on you know what he thinks about retirement or whatnot, his his you know um, thoughts on that. But I'm with you there. I think Ben Jones is the next closest thing to a have to behind Landry. And if you look at the entire you know 
roster of, of who's to be free agents. We've talked about it before. I think jayon has gone. I think Rashawn Evans is gone. Yep. I do. Um, I do have one more I think is a have to or okay. a really close to a have to. Morgan Cox. I was about uh, to bring that up. I, I mean, I feel like we finally had stability uh, at that long snapper position. Obviously got some stability at kicker, and, and a lot of that goes into the snap, right? So, so I think I think he's close to that. That he's, a, he he's to. about to be he's about to be thirty six, and I, I get he's a long snapper. Yeah, I mean he's a long snapper. Like thirty six. Yeah. If if you're looking at the special teams, though, I mean some of the guys are the free agents. I mean. Morgan Cox, Nick DeZubnar, Matthias Farley, Randy Bullock, Ola Adani, Greg Mabin, uh, Kyle Pecco, BJ Bello, uh, Dylan Cole. All those guys are free agents that played some pretty important roles in the special teams this season. Ola, Ola yeah. Adani, especially. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Ola's one you got to bring back. Yeah. Ola's Shoot, good he, for the he contributed room. fantastically on defense at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Ola's, Ola's a, yeah, I agree. I think uh, he's, a, he's a much improved Darren Bates. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And Darren, was bad. He's, yeah, that's a and great he's way good to put for it. the locker room. Always really, I mean, he's kind of he's taking that place of, of Darren in a, in a way of of being the locker room clown. Kind of Will Compton too. He's yeah. like a, a he's more like a positive, mix. upbeat Darren Bates locker room. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I think that if you look at, I mean, the tight ends, the, the three tight ends on the roster are all free agents, and I don't let think Michael let them all go. One hundred percent, I think yeah. so as well. I think if one comes back, it's. I'll be. I, I think it's Swain. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Swain. If anybody comes back, truly. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, they they showed last year that they kind of are ready to move on from uh, from Michael. Right. Um, I just don't think you. I don't think Ferks. I mean, I, he, he showed this year he's not a number one. He did, and right. and he he showed this year that like all of his kind of strengths went out the window too. Like none of, yeah. none of the things he were, he was good at the year year before were really in place this year. So. Uh, I saw a stat today that. I did want to make one note uh, on Jayon Brown. He is still under cotton, but those are four years. So I think he's yes. gone no matter what. Just, just to clarify that. Right. Um. So the top six teams with the highest simple restructure potential. So what that means is uh, how much in cap dollars in this upcoming offseason they could gain by converting money into signing bonuses, which is like one of the, the biggest little loopholes in, in cap space. Um, the Titans sit at fifth. So the top six teams, the highest simple restructure potential is the Titans. They could, they could uh, restructure into $66.9 million by turning money into signing bonuses. Which would free up a lot of cap space. Don't yeah. know who they do it to. Don't know how, but that, that's just something that um, over the cap tweeted. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's a big jump. Um, you know, seventy-five million in cap space uh, jump. So, um, as we've said a million times on this podcast, and I try to tell people in real life all the time, <laughs> the salary cap is fake. I know um, where you're going. They teams can figure out. I mean, listen. The Saints went from 77, I think, 77 million or something uh, in the hole last year and, and were able to put together a roster this year. You know, it's they can manipulate the cap how they need to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that just from restructures, they can and, and hang on to all your current players uh, can get that much in cap space is, is pretty awesome. 
It'd be nice. Use that and, and, and sign some guys at free agency. Um, yeah. Resign your own players too. Yeah, yeah and, and the and the cool part about some of those resignings is like AJ Brown, like that's not going to hit till twenty twenty three if they right. sign him this offseason. Um, right. They still got a fifth year option they can they can use on Jeffrey Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. So they they still have you know plenty of things to to look forward to down the down the stretch in the coming years uh, that really won't impact this season's uh, salary cap at all, which is nice. Right. And we didn't even mention the guys that um, a second ago, we didn't even mention Deontay Foreman or Dontrell Hilliard, you know, those guys back next season yeah, as well, which dogs. is, one, is, is think, one of them. One of them. I think Foreman is going to get a shot somewhere, I think. hope that shot's here. Yeah, RB1. Yeah. I mean, I think he I think he showed, showed enough that he's going to He could go to Atlanta, but he's better than Mike Davis. He could go to Atlanta and be their RB1. He's yeah. better than a lot of RB1s in the league right now. That whole Mike Davis thing in Atlanta was weird all season. Very, man. Very weird. I don't understand that one bit. Um, another thing I want to hit on real quick is that, you know, there wasn't much talk out of a lot of Titans guys after the game, um, after the, the the loss against the Bengals. You know, Derek didn't really talk. Ryan still has not talked. Um, yeah, man, that's to, weird. To the media. Um, but they're all in L.A. for the Super Bowl. And um, Henry sat down with Mike Florio and Chris Sims of PFT. And um, he mentioned this about Ryan Tannehill, and I thought this was – it was just, you know, saying I got your back. thought it was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but he said one game doesn't define a player. It's not just one person playing out there by himself. It's a team effort. Things like that happen sometimes. At the end of the day, I know who Ryan is. I know the type of player that he is, and that he's going to let the few, let that fuel him and not get down on himself. We're all back. We're all behind him. We're all going to sit together and come back better, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that is cool. What I mean, what else are you gonna say though? Yeah, I mean, you have cool. to. You almost have to. Yeah, yeah. But it's still cool though. I mean, you can go, you can go the Chris Ballard route and not give support of your QB, yeah. but everybody in the Titans organization is giving him full support, which is honestly much needed right now. One hundred percent. I think I think he is right to an extent. That is gonna fuel Ryan. I think he he knew more than anybody that 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 loss is on him. He's not gonna say it. The team's not gonna say it. Um, but he's thinking it for sure. If he was um, going to say it, he would have said it in the post game press conference, and he didn't. So, yeah. And, and you know, I think it, we both know John Robinson and, and Mike Braymore are two guys that aren't afraid to talk publicly about trying to find the best players or trying to upgrade positions and and to to put public support behind Tannehill without you know talking about those things. I think speaks volumes too. Multiple times too. Yeah. So, Chris, I want to bring this up. Um, you, you, we talked about it before. Um, it kind of goes back on on the Super Bowl talk, but the Rams. Um, I wanted them to win. I was kind of pulling for them after the Titans lost because I wanted to see Stafford get a rank. They have a lot of likable guys on their team across mm-hmm. the board. I like OBJ. I like Vaughn. I like Aaron Donald. I, I like McVay. Cooper Cup. Like, they have a lot of likable guys on their team. Um, and you got to give credit to Les Snead for, for going all in. On on the Rams, in all in, like Lily threw all his chips in and said, "You know what? Here we go. I'm going for it." And it paid off. And so, I mean, what are your thoughts on on that? And also, John Robinson doing the same exact thing, and Lily 
throwing out first-round picks for, for a player that can impact the team right away, second-round yeah. picks, multiple picks to get a player that can, can, can transform your team in a positive way and win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, should, the think, Titans, uh, should John Robinson do that? I, I think John Robinson kind of started doing that this past offseason, right, when he, when he traded the second for Julio. Um, that's a guy he thought that could come in and, and actually add a different dimension to the offense. It didn't play out the way any of us hoped it would. Um, but, you know, especially when he was healthy, we saw flashes of, of Julio, uh, you know, in, in this offense. And, and hopefully if he's still on the roster, you know, come, come next season, it's um, he stays healthy and, and we get back to who we know Julio can be. Um, but, you know, giving up that second round pick, I think speaks volumes about where he sees this roster and how close he thinks this roster is. Um, but I mean, personally, I'd give up a first round pick in a heartbeat, uh, if it got us one step closer to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, with 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 that first round pick, you're probably getting a veteran that you know who he is, uh, as opposed to a rookie that we've seen over the last couple of years doesn't always play out in in the favor that you think it would. Um but um, yeah, I mean, give up a first, the third, whatever it takes, if it gets you that much closer to a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Who who do you trade for, though? Like, is there a big, like, other than Aaron Rodgers, or I'm not, I'm not getting into that. But other than that, like, who is that guy this year that is like, that's who you have to go after? Because last year it was Julio. I don't know who it would be quite this year. It's I mean, a good question. If, if he would have done it during the season, I would have given up another pick for Zach Ertz. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think those are the kind of – and it may, maybe it's not giving up a first, but maybe you give up your third, your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, you know, to, to bring in multiple guys. Um, I mean, I think, you're, I think for your most part, your defense is set, right? So you're trying to yes. find – you're trying to find key pieces on offense at this point. Um, I think a guy like Zach Ertz could have done that. Um, who's that guy this offseason? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there, though, that could bring an instant impact. Anybody you've thought about, Austin? Not really. Not at the moment. Because you're right, though. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking about what the what the, what the the Rams did. They, they went all in for a quarterback, and it just made sense for them at that time. I mean, they, they, they had a – McVay had his eyes on Stafford, plain and simple. And Les Snead's oh, yeah. kind of like that, kind, kind of that guy to to take those chances and roll the dice. I don't think John Robinson is that guy to that extent. He's not going to – he cares about the locker room, cares about what people think about him. Yeah. And I think he's not going to just trade Ryan Tannehill for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's him. So I don't even want to talk about quarterback because I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's realistic. No. Um. I would, I mean, if wide receiver, like I don't know that what wide receiver out there would be a guy that that is, you know, the game changing type of guy to come in and like an OBJ. Like I mean, Calvin OBJ Ridley. was the spark. Yeah, I mean that's one. Does he love Will football? Fuller? Did you sign? Do you have signed Will Fuller for a one year deal <sighs> to be your three? Maybe, but but I, I mean, if I'm thinking about a guy that like an OBJ. I don't, I don't even know who's out there off the top of my head right now. 
Um, OBJ's I mean, it, probably going to stay that, in LA. It sucks that OBJ towards ACL. I mean, he's probably not going to play next season, right? Or if not, he's going to miss time for sure. It'll be like um, a Bud Dupree situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you can bring in a guy like an OBJ to to be a contributor and and want to be here and that sort of thing, I think that's huge value. See, it would be a guy like Chris Godwin, somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like going That's all in on a, on a person like that, Chris Godwin. I don't. I mean, Devonte Adams, um, even like a Mike Williams, a guy that I think we all wanted back in what twenty seventeen during the Corey Davis thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Allen Robinson. I mean, see, I think that's a. That's I a take Allen Robinson. I would too. I think. He's just been so up and up and down with the with I the think Bears. He was a, I think he was a product of a bad situation. Yeah. Probably so. Honestly, um, in both places that he's been. I think Chris Godwin's definitely that. Um, I mean, even like a Mike <clears throat> Mike Gesicki. There's oh, my gosh, in. yes. My gosh. Um, don't source Zach Ertz is, is a free agent. There's definitely so guys in free agents. So is P.J. Come. Uzoma. Yep, definitely take him. Michael Gallup. I, uh, yeah, I like Michael Gallup. Yeah, there's a, I mean, if you take, like, take the salary cap out of the, out of the picture and know that, like, at some point you're probably going to have to pay your debts uh, down the road a few years. Like, if you went all in right now, I think this is the time to do it. I mean, I think this roster is so close. And obviously, like, a game can go either way. Like, obviously, we saw Tannehill have a bad game, but we saw Josh Allen have a great game and lose. You mm-hmm. know? So, it can really go either way, but it takes a whole team. So, if you have multiple pieces that that can can win their personal battles in the game and, and get the job done, that's, that's what you need. I mean, it, it, I love him, and I think he's been a very big bright spot, but, like, I don't want – Nick Westbrook Akine seeing the field on the last drive in a playoff game. I don't. You know what I'm I mean? okay with him being on the field, man. I'm just not I'm just not okay with him being the one that you throw the ball to. I think he's earned the right to be on the field, but he is but he's not the go-to guy, obviously, in that situation. I can see that. But also, I mean, you're what if your first two options aren't open? You know what I mean? Then it then it's gonna be him. Right, um, I I, w- I would prefer a situation where your top three are all very good receivers. And obviously, injuries are going to happen. You know, like Matt Stafford was w- without, I think, what tight end one, tight end two, correct? Wide receiver, OBJ, wide receiver. yeah, like he was down. Uh, Robert Woods, obviously, who mm-hmm. lost when mm-hmm. OBJ came in. See, um, if Robert Woods gets healthy, I don't know what his contract looks like. I would take Robert Woods. I yeah, take Van love- Jefferson. I love Robert. I love Van Jefferson. Uh, another trade candidate I saw, uh, Brandy Cooks. Man, talk about an underappreciated is, wide receiver. Yeah, no talk doubt. about constantly being in trade talks. Yeah, yeah. But he's so underappreciated, and I, I've never really understood like why he's traded so much because he is productive. I don't he's only twenty eight. Um, he's only twenty eight. Yeah. I think all in all, though, um, I think we all three agree that if you can get a player or two to change the roster and help you go all in and win a Super Bowl, you have to do it. And yeah. and 
And y'all know, I mean, I think even quarterback included, I, I just think it's not possible. I don't think they're going to do it. But if the Russell Wilson name became a realistic option, you have to do it. If Aaron Rodgers became a realistic option, I mean, the man is moving to Franklin. Like, that is confirmed. <laughs> he's, he's already buying a property here. I mean, why wouldn't you want to drive 30 minutes to work every day? Yeah, literally. Man, if you, if you can get your hands on Russell Wilson. Uh, do I, it. You do it, man. You, you do it in a heartbeat. 100%. I just – I just don't see it happening. I just don't know. I don't either. I mean, I think – I think. I mean, we said this before. I think Ryan Tannehill is your starter. Yes. Um, but hopefully there's competition to push him a little harder, you know? Yeah. I just I, – I don't know who or what. Yeah. The draft. It's a draft guy, I, you know. And that's something we'll dive into maybe, later on. Maybe it's Carson Wentz. Who knows? <laughs> I, I hope not. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'd start thinking that I'd, I'd start thinking that they're. I want, they're, uh, I want Carson Wentz as the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback. That's one hundred, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Draft time's coming. Time to gear up for that. Uh, we get some guests on here talk about the draft and, and kind of get our prospects. We did a really cool series last year with that, so we'll do it again this year and kind of go who we think the Titans draft. We did the mock draft last year. We had a lot of fun doing that. So. Uh, good things coming for the Second and Victory podcast. We appreciate you listening as always. Um, you can get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're there. And we are always brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com and 440 Sports. Um, for Brett Bachelor, for Chris Carter, my name is Austin Nelson. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>